listening to Around Comics. Will you two dogs settle down? It's uh, are, are the, well, at least uh, I got at least I got Nick Foles. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That no no quarterback controversy there. No, it's just going to be Nick Foles, I imagine. Yeah. yeah, I would imagine moving forward. I don't, I don't see any point. That, you know, the rope was long enough. <laughs> enough to hang himself with. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, but at least they, at least they didn't draft up to not draft Pat Mahomes, right? Or you know, uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, two MVPs. Yeah, at least they yeah. didn't draft either one of those guys. Yeah, because you know that would be like, sports are dead to me. <laughs> you know, at least we're able to talk about sport. At least we're able to be disgruntled about sports. It's not a I bad suppose. thing. I was happier, I think. Like, I mean, I'm kidding about the White Sox. Obviously, it's like, whatever. They're, you know, they're yeah. in the playoffs. They're not playing very well. They they took a shit at the worst time. But it was a fun season nonetheless, and I look forward to them in the future. The Bears just pissed me off because I was out. I was. Oh, no. Three years ago, I was done. They, got, they godfathered you? I didn't care about the Bears. I didn't watch games. I could care less. And then they went and traded for Khalil Mack, and they got my hopes up. And... Now they're just shitting all over me again. And I don't care if they're 3-0. and we, uh, we all know they're garbage. They're not a good football team. They're it's sort of uh, as – it's like kind of a, a quintessential like Bears season where it's like uh, they start really well, but you can like see where the problems will be. <laughs> they're not good. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it, – then it's just like, oh, shit. Like, they played three of the shittiest like <laughs> – you know, just teams that have no idea how to win at all and somehow beaten, just barely beaten all three of them. They've just barely beaten bad teams and yeah. will get a, a, a shitty mid-round draft pick and, and continue to be mediocre. That is that is Bears football. I can't take it. I can't. I don't yeah. have that many years left. I can't take it. I got to move to somewhere where there's good I mean, It's It's pretty incredible. The, uh, the Falcons cannot – Talk about just like a, a garbage team, <laughs> just like blowing leads every week. Like there is no lead that is like they're safe. There's there's actually a Falcons fan that lives across the street from me. That's oh, yeah. Uh, every week it's just like I look out my front window and he's like smoking a cigarette on the stop, just like deject- <laughs> just dejected. Just just like, dude. like oh, no. I can only imagine just every week, just like oh god. Well, the, the only thing that gave me any solace was like before I was before the Bears game today. I was watching the um, uh, I don't know, NFL on Fox or whatever, and they, yeah. they had this entire package of just how worthless the Detroit Lions have been their entire existence. Yeah. And like, well, at least we're not the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. 
They fired like a semi-competent coach, like Jim Caldwell. I mean, they were fine. They were probably better than they've been in years, and now they're just back to being like just, just, a, just garbage, awful. <laughs> it's tough being a sports fan. Yeah, as we sit here, what is it? The twenty uh, seventh of September. It's the last day of uh, the baseball regular season, and uh, football is limping along. And uh, and yeah, and it was a really shitty week at the uh, comic book shop. So yeah, I I kind of agree with that. It was one of those weeks where there wasn't anything too exciting that came out. And yeah, it's like every. Like third week, it's just like, well, this is the week we're gonna dump a bunch of shit that nobody yeah. <laughs> really wants to read. But we have to put out. I kind of, I, I kind of gave up on my uh, my shop in uh, here in Milwaukee. Um, just I, I tried, I tried to like it, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, they go there, and yeah, it was just kind of a yeah middling shop and. You know, go grab some some new comics, and so then I went to I work in Janesville, Wisconsin, uh, twice a week, and and there's actually a, a it, it's not even a comic book shop; it's a collectible store, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a nice store. It's has more like board games than it does comics, but it's a it's a geek collectible store, and so I so I started going there a couple weeks ago, and they have like just enough comics to drop in and see what's new, and and that's kind of and and the, and the guy that works there is nice, and that's all you should really have to you know expect, right? Is that someone that works there that's nice, and they have some comics, and you can kind of peruse, and 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 that's it. And yeah, this week that looking at the new comics, I was like, man, there's just a big pile of garbage <laughs> not just not garbage came out this week yeah it was it was garbage and 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 nothing so yeah i picked up a couple you know it's like yeah i gotta drive to the shop it takes me like 20 minutes to get there you know on my lunch hour and so it's like okay well i'm here i'm gonna pick up a couple things and those comics will will remain uh uh nameless but oh. um <laughs> dish yeah uh, it's uh, it's all right not to like it. Yeah, it's um, I really wanted to like some of the new heavy metal stuff, yeah. and I'm just like, yeah, no, it's <laughs> not for me. Yeah, and I really, I really did try. Um, but that's... the thing with heavy metal that I'm, I'm reminded of is that, like, you know, one point in time years and years ago, like guys that listened to heavy metal, there was this this sort of idea that they were kind of maybe, you know, sort of uh, badasses or something. Or there was this like, you know, at what point, like if you were a metal head, that was sort of like, there was an edge of danger there or something. But then you find out that no, metal heads are just super nerds. Yes. And really, <laughs> and, and I don't, I, I, I read that book and the stupid, like the dumb names that they keep coming up, you know, you know, it's like how long of a fucking name can you put on a comic book? Like death metal, speed metal, metal force one, like I, I, you know, just some of the, some of the ridiculous naming to just go along with this whole metal convention, you know, convention that they, they have created that it's just like, it's not that good of a comic. We really don't need that much more. 
metal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't, it's, yeah, and then DC, you know, comes out with their DC metal. So metal, metal, metal. metal. So. Mm, I did. Uh, I did kind of like uh, Immortal She-Hulk. Uh, the the number one that came out. Um, uh, that was by uh, Al Ewing, the guy who's doing Immortal Hulk. But um, you know, it's the first issue. I think. I think with a lot of his writing, it takes. Or you know, with the Immortal Hulk, it took a few issues to sort of get it get a hang on what he's trying to do, and then really appreciate it. Um, and then. You know, so it's the first issue is pretty good, but it, yeah, it, I, didn't, I didn't love it. I only saw there was a Juggernaut book that came out, and I flipped through that, and, and it's like, oh, Juggernaut, the good guy now. Because every like every Marvel, every like villain has to be a like a good guy now for some reason because they just want to market these. Well, they've been doing that for a while. There's not gonna be any villains anymore. Yeah, I mean, we touched on that a little bit last week, yeah. talking about, you know, Juggernaut. And well, I guess, did it start with like Magneto? Well, no, it didn't start with Magneto. It probably started, I mean, we got to go back to like the Avengers and like Hawkeye and, and Scarlet Witch. And we'll get Georgia in her White Sox blanket toddling out of the room, just like your season. Why you got to be like that? I will say one of the prettier books that 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 is on the stands, um, but I haven't I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Is uh, uh, have you guys picked up Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy at all? No, yeah. It's Jeff Lemire and and Tom, I don't know how you say his name. It's Tom, Tom C. Zodjic. I, I can't pronounce his name, but sure. uh, he's a really awesome artist. And I, I like his work a lot, and that book is really like I think just between Lemire and him you know that it's a really pretty book like it's a very you know good looking comic book mm-hmm. um it's an interesting story it's it's i like it but it's sort of in some way like sort of familiar it feels a little bit like it feels very much like a mark uh miller book to some degree okay um it feels a little bit like what's the one uh with the kid who becomes a superhero the mark uh, kick ass oh okay. it, it kind of feels like that a little bit uh it's not i mean i'm not you know i'm not saying it's necessarily uh that but um uh it was it, 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 it it's a pretty good book but that that came out this week it's pretty it's a pretty book for sure i, I just haven't i didn't get a chance to read it yet Tom, read you, the bible. Bible. you read, the, read the bible but <laughs> you read the bible about the Bible by uh, Joe yes. Kubert, Sheldon yeah. Meyer. The yes. Bible. Kubert, by the way. Yeah, I, I got, you know, I was just cruising hoopla, seeing what's new. And I was like, the Bible? And I guess this, <laughs> it, it, it came out, the, the very little research I did, came out in the 70s. And it's sort of like, it was like in a treasury edition type uh, book. And it was it's become sort of a collector's thing. I mean, I guess it just came out in hardcover. Oh, really? Like, yeah. I, that's what I read in like the five seconds that I Googled it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, like it's a great, uh, the Bible makes a great comic book. It's a, uh, you know, <laughs> the continuity is a little, you know, there's no, there, the there, there's no debating what's canon and what is. Yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it is great 
to see like Bible stories just get turned into like straight up like action sequences, right? Where you have like Joe Kubert's got Kane just like pummeling Abel, you know, like it's like oh. a it's like a fight scene. It's, it's all OT stuff, though, because New Testament is a really boring comic. Book. Yeah, the, 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 it's all Old Testament. It's like yeah. it's got Sodom and Gomorrah. It's got <laughs> a page of like sea monsters. It's got, uh, you know, Adam killing of Philistines. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just very it's like, hell, yeah, this is like, <laughs> yeah, this is intense. And I'm glad I got Joe Kubert art to like. Uh, to lead me through the or the, <laughs> the origin myth of uh, of humanity, though now it makes me want to see like every comic book artist should have to draw this exact same script. <laughs> I should I want to see like I was thinking like if you had like a Jack Kirby version, right? Of like imagine like Jesus uh, kicking the money changers out of the temple. <laughs> he would be literally doing it though. He's just a giant sandal yeah. foot. Yeah, just coming at like you, kicking him. Yeah, like a fist coming right at it, and like a big Jack Kirby faced Jesus. Or maybe they'd have like Kurt Swan redraw his Jesus face. Or like you know, Ju- like <laughs> Julius Schwartz plays the role of God. <laughs> or like a, I want to see like a Rob Liefeld in Genesis. You know, oh. like wasn't you know, were there no feet in Genesis? Just Wait, pockets, lots just of, lots and lots of pockets. pockets. Yeah. Wasn't Rob actually doing? Didn't he do some like crazy comics a few years? Like, I swear there was a period of time where like. Rob was not doing much in mainstream comics. This was obviously before Deadpool came out, before his sort of yeah. resurgence. And I swear he was doing before the like, royalty checks started pouring in. Yeah, I swear he was like working on a line of Christian books. And and that sounds right. I don't know that anything ever. Yeah, like far right, that, but I, but I swear he was. And and then all you know, all of a sudden, you know, Deadpool comes out and he's back to yeah. you know being the annoying. Uh, you know, <laughs> Rob Liefeld that we all love to hate. Yeah, it's just like there, I felt like Rob was really working well on his personality. Like he was rebranding himself as sort of like, you know, uh, not a forgotten creator in comics, but sort of like a guy who's, you know, his best work was kind of behind him. And he was he, kind of doing the John Travolta thing. He was just being a little more yeah. humble, I think, and yeah. a little more likable. You know, he was always very mm. likable to fans, I felt, at. Yeah, at conventions and things, but it, but it seemed like he was kind of going out of his way to be, and then all of a sudden, like Deadpool hits, and he's like back to like fuck you, I'll say whatever I want. I'm I'm the hot shot of comics again. I'm the most, you know, I'm the I'm back, baby. Yeah, I'm doing Genesis. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I want to see Rob Liefeld's arc, right? Like I've seen the Joe Kubert arc. I'm not. I want to see a Kirby. I want to see. It's. Uh, I want to see uh, every single comic book artist draw this exact Bible script. <laughs> I want to see it. Frank Miller's The Bible. Oh, yeah. Frank Miller's Genesis. Yeah. Well, we, we uh, mentioned before the before the show that uh, when Tom said he, had, he was reading Joe Kubert's The Bible, uh, uh, R. Crumb did Genesis. Uh, yeah, he did. It was like five, eight years ago, something like that. It's, I have it around here somewhere. Yeah, it's 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 on a shelf. I, it, it's certain. I mean, the thing is that I mean, he went like line by line. It was 
there was no like statement other than I'm doing Genesis as it was, you know, in the Bible. All 50 chapters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this one yeah. is 60 pages long and they cover a lot of ground. <laughs> pages. They're not messing around. They're like, all right, let's hit the highlights. We got Noah's Ark. We got Sodom and Gomorrah. We got Abraham. Let's do this. The Garden of Eden. Like this tight Bible story. Yeah, it was you know as 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 it was meant. As it was meant, yeah. Yeah, it just makes a really, really great comic. I think like most churches should. What do you think? What do you think the thinking behind that was for? Because that was DC, right? Like he did that. Yeah, for- it was written by Sheldon Meyer. You know, I gotta see. There's like a thing at the end where they kind of. Like I literally didn't. Uh, I'm like two thirds of the way through it, but it's like. Um, I guess it's like a big collector's thing. Like, I, I mean, I've heard of it kind of, but uh, it's. I don't know if they did more of them. Yeah, it was the greatest selling book of all time. So maybe they were just, you know, looking to. <laughs> they're trying, they trying to get that that ALA going. You know, they wanted to get into the libraries. But there's like parts of it too where it's like it's got like Bible features, soldiers in the time of Abraham, where there's just like a one page thing talking about soldiers. It's like it's like a flash comic, like flash facts, like Bible facts. This is what happened, you know. So it's like <laughs> very comic booky, and the art is pretty incredible. And the pretense of it, right, it like opens with like two kids meeting their grandpa. And one kid's like, my sister's stupid because she thinks all the Bible stories are true. And like the grandpa is like, well, maybe they are. And then he starts (laughs) telling them Bible stories. And then you get to the end and the kid's like, oh, those those are great. It's like, of course, he hit all the high points, right? Like it's (laughs) there's so much action in that part. It's it's interesting. I mean, I don't think that's the first time, you know, that's been published you know people have done com- bible bible stories in comics and stuff but it is well that was um um ec ec started out doing bible mm-hmm. comics right i believe so yeah bible stories i think that was uh, uh bill uh, boy my brain is not working today um the, the guy that ran ec comics uh bill gaines bill gaines it was his dad started the company and did it as uh, stories from the Bible. And then Bill yeah. Gaines took over and uh, to boost sales, he started doing like crime and, and sci-fi stories, that kind of, it's very I'd bold. See, uh, who, who are the guys that do action philosophers? They should do a Bible. I'd probably read that. Oh, Fred Van Lenny and um, yeah, Ryan, um, Ryan uh, Dunwavy. Uh, yeah, I believe that's correct. My brain is is working. <laughs> yes, action philosophers and uh, the uh, comic book comics, <laughs> right? Yes, uh, yes, comic book yes. comics, which is an excellent history. Not just a hat rack. Uh, they never <laughs> printed. They never printed issue number two of the Bible. Only one issue ever came out. Joe Kubert was like too busy. He had to do some Tarzan. Yeah, so they only came out with one issue. <laughs> The most spectacular stories ever told from the Bible, featuring Noah's Ark, Adam's Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. <laughs> I mean, the story is by Sheldon Meyer. What would you say is like the hot, you know, like 
what would be the if you, if you just completely took the Bible stories apart and it's like, okay, we're, we're, we got to do this more like an event comic, you know? So <laughs> what's sort of the, 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 the teasers leading up to the Bible event? <laughs> the Bible event. Oh, the great, the great flood is a big one. I was hoping. <laughs> it's I was because hoping. nothing will ever be the same. Everything <laughs> changes now. <laughs> I was hoping that the grandpa would turn out to be like the devil or something like the final page. It'd be like turn around and they just have like devil horns or his eyes would glow red. <laughs> but no, they left on a, uh, if I'm looking here, not really a cliffhanger, just someone turning to salt from Sodom and Gomorrah. Ah, kind of, yes. Yeah. Uh, what was her name? Um, it was one of Lot's wives. Yeah. Yes. You're asking she fucked up. She fucked up. Don't, yeah, look, don't back. look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Turn Only up. look forward, Sal. Only look so, forward. So okay. the Bible. Don't look comic, back on your sin. The Bible. I never um, do. <laughs> the Bible comic has rekindled my um my love my, of the Bible. Uh, my, my Catholicism. <laughs> I'm all. I'm all in. Look, I'm back. Wait, baby. But you're celebrating Yom Kippur tonight, so. Yeah. Well, Joe Kubrick was Jewish. He did it. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. We're all Jewish if you yeah. you know just you know trace it back, right? <laughs> to a certain point. I have no idea. I, yeah. I should also mention that Nestor Redondo worked on it with Joe Kubert. So it's not just Joe Kubert. I was told I'm white, uh, even though I'm I'm half Latino, uh, because uh, Mexicans were the first accepted into the white classification. Uh, in the United States, so congratulations! Yes, wow. I know. <laughs> Mazel I'm in the club. Mazel <laughs> Welcome. Do you feel privileged? I'm going to yeah. get a Blue Lives Matter uh, flag now, and uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, uh, all in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> my wife. So my daughter is playing softball this summer, uh, and she, my wife, w- bought her a, um, it's like a pump, little pump spray bottle spritzer thing that you can just kind of spray yourself with cold water. But, it, and you know, my wife, she didn't think about it, but it, it was Georgia. a Blue Lives Matter cover on it. <laughs> my daughter was like refusing to take it to the field. <laughs> And I'm like, well, honey, there's nothing like necessarily wrong with supporting police officers. <laughs> Finally, a kid is taking a stand. Yeah, yeah. I will not drink out of that water bottle. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad was like, I, I don't care how hot I get, I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking out of the bottle. <laughs> just think of it as a person that's like, uh, this is my merchandising chance, right? Like, just like, we can sell Blue Lives Matters bottles or scarves or just like, and whatever, whatever you need, we can throw that on there. Spritzer bottle. Dude, when I went, when I got stuck in that Trump rally, the only <laughs> logical. The one in Indiana? Yeah. The only, like, there was a, there was a couple sitting there with a pickup truck just full of like, you know, MAGA hats and Blue Lives Matter flags, and they were making a killing. I'm like, you're the only smart people here. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of uh, who was it? The uh, the linebacker. Now my brain's dead again. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, 80s, played for Brian the Seahawks. Bosworth. Bosworth, where Bosworth would, um, this was in college. 
he would ahead of time, he would have guys set up with I hate Bosworth shirts. Yeah. At at like opposing opposing stadiums. And he right. was he was the one that was selling those fucking shirts. Hell yeah. They, Making money on the, on, on the on basically the the nation's hatred for him, which was brilliant. Why not? Yeah. Why yeah. not? You can't please everybody, you no. know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, you know, what do you really do? What do you, what what did Brian? You know, it's like it's it's funny now to look back on like some of the great villains in in stuff like that. It's like what did Brian Bosworth really do? He cut his hair funny, and you know, played football and was kind of a loudmouth, like comparatively. You know, Did you like, ever watch the uh, the documentary about Christian Leitner? Oh, I hate Christian Leitner. Oh, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, that was awesome because it was really good. Because it was like, actually, you, know, you the thing that you think about who Christian Leitner is is wrong. Right. Like, yeah. He's a blue, he's a blue collar kid from yeah. Buffalo. Buffalo. Everybody yeah. thought he was a yeah. rich kid. Everybody thought he was privileged, and you know all this stuff. And yeah. He just worked hard and was it's uh I mean we talked Cobra Kai, but I mean he was basically oh, yeah. Johnny from Cobra Kai. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a, you need bad guy. You need bad guys in sports. Yeah. Gotta have a bad guy. Yeah, I have a bad guy. Yeah. Well we, we we touched on it um earlier about talking about bad guys that had been made good guys in comics. And that that's not a it's not a new convention. You know, I was thinking about it. It's in in like Marvel, I mean that started back in the sixties. Well, I mean, Stan always had, you know, like he did his villains a little differently. Where like Wonder they, Wonder Man, right? Uh, was well, he was what Masters of Evil? Yeah, I think so. Was he the first? Would he have been the first sort of switcheroo? It was 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 the Wonder Man thing? Was that before or no, um, no, Hawkeye? Really? Namor. Uh, oh, Namor. Yeah, Namor's. Pro- well, Namor. no. Yeah, was Na- was Namor? No, he was a good guy. Turned into a bad guy. Well, back he was into a good dick. guy. It's like he's he's always been a dick. Just a great a asshole. Yeah, yeah I don't but know no, he was with like the invaders. He was always he was a good guy. Then they turned him into a bad guy. Then turned him back into a good guy. Well, yeah, but the invaders didn't actually come along until after. Like he was already a villain in the. Oh, the kill turn baby. Take so they were retcon. They retconned him. <laughs> well, no, I don't remember. I can't. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> but you know Stan always made the like he always had the villains be sort of sympathetic in some ways I you know I think on purpose but I don't know I just kind of like I laugh a little bit now at some of the stuff that they do they, you know, it's like they take you know we talked about Harley Quinn and just sort of you know the psychosis <laughs> yeah. her, like is like you know and I was like like eight-year-old girls running around dressed up like Harley Quinn it's like you know she's a murderer <laughs> <laughs> she kills she's killed people correct yeah. Yeah. it's like she's worse than Rorschach like she's uh, sometimes I, I mean like something like that though it's almost like a zeitgeist that no one like totally controls like for yeah. whatever reason like it just like takes off yeah. and then it's almost like the thing that everybody wants it's like you the comics or the media almost has to like shift to match like the whatever for whatever reason that character is taken off with the public like well then it's just a matter of like it gets to a point where like then someone who like the public doesn't like like punisher like the punisher nobody had a problem with the punisher until like it showed up on a police car and then it's like, like, oh, 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 we can't support this psychotic guy. <laughs> he's fake. He's not real. 
<laughs> but it's like he's been doing it. Like he, it was fine. It was yeah. fine for years. Nobody complained. Everybody liked the Punisher. Everybody yeah. read, was like, like he was well, a, he started out as a bad guy. Yeah, you know, it's it's he was a bad guy, and it's, I think it's how cool the costume is. If it's a really cool costume, they will eventually turn them into a into a if not a good guy, then at least a protagonist in some. You know, there you go. Neil Johnson chimes in. He always rooted for Doom, but that's the kind of person that Neil is. Yeah. He's horrible. It's, it's <laughs> uh, Mystique, another one, right? Mystique. Well, the Vision. Uh, um, what's the? Oh, robot? that's right. Uh, yeah. Um, the robot created uh, shit. Ultron. Ultron. And then on the DC, you had you know, sort of Brainiac has been good and bad and. There's been like 40 of them, so I don't know how you <laughs> I you know, but it's also like um you know it's it's weird because you bring up Harley Quinn, but also just like people love the Joker. Yeah, oh yeah. And like it, like unabashedly, even though he's uh, I guess it depends on which one of the three. The Joker has <laughs> never well has never been a good guy, even though I guess that's a good time. No. Um uh, just talk, uh, not talk about. It, just remind people, our book of the monthish club is uh, Batman White Knight. It's uh, yeah, I started fun. it. Yeah, I, was, I started it too. And I was like, oh wait, what is this about? Joker's a guy. I can't believe that, that. Like that came out, and it's like you know, Sean Murphy is a is a major creator. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful book. Yeah, he's a great artist. Just yeah, great just artist. Like, And it's like this is a really topical sort of story yeah. you know what i mean like and i can't believe like it really didn't make much of a yeah it's cool. weird i would have thought like people would have been discussing it talking about it like one way or the other because like you could look at it i mean i'm so far i'm, I'm rereading it so i'm only yeah. two in or whatever but it's like you can kind of look at it from different angles of like you know what's he what's he saying here yeah what's it about like yeah, yeah. i mean it's good it's interesting right because a couple of weeks ago we had that thing where we were talking about how the feeling that maybe superhero comics have a certain lack of ambition, you know, of like a viewpoint on anything yeah. or like, uh, like an actual, I would, and I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. I'm like an issue and a half in or like two issues. in, and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like this is very ambitious. <laughs> like, what this yeah. is. like, like, Oh, okay. This is like a book about like a viewpoint. And then I was thinking too, I was like, at the time, I couldn't think of any examples, but actually one that I thought, I'm like, oh, you know, Tom King does actually a pretty good job of having, I do feel like his stories, like Mr. Miracle in particular, I feel like does have a strong, it has like an ambitious view of like a point of view on something. Like right. more than like, there's something that you're supposed to take away from that that extends outside of like the plot points of what yeah, happens. Make me think about something. You know what I mean? Like how many comics actually, yeah, like question anything or make you make you think about something in a different way or sort of just you know, like you said, just walk away from it going, oh, okay, that's a different. Ah, that's like an interesting way of thinking about that, or like you know, bringing that viewpoint into like. Yeah, so like two issues in, I'm like, oh my god, like why didn't this make a bigger deal? Because I feel like it is, it's a really ambitious, like viewpoint or like a, a an approach to a Batman story that I'm just like, it's interesting. Huh. 
to me because it's like, is this, is, did it, you know, like, could people just not quite handle this story? A <laughs> little, little, little too order? challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I don't even mean that. Of just like, I mean, challenging, but I don't mean like it's difficult. Just in the sense of like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to think about Batman as the bad guy, kind of in any way, or like the idea that he's been wrong this whole time, or any. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I, it's like did people yeah. sort of like. You know, Maybe. you talk about like cognitive cognitive yeah. confidence, and it's like, was it? Too- could be a lot. If someone's like a huge Batman fan, and someone's like, here's a story where it's like, actually, uh, Batman's been the bad guy, or he's wrong. <laughs> totally wrong. Like, like the thing you think, you know, like, you know, which is, it's interesting, right? Because it's kind of a cliche thing to be like, actually, the hero's the bad guy, but it's like. No one's, as far as I know, no one's ever taken like this approach to doing it with Batman, you know, where it's like not in a not in a way where it kind of convinces you. Yeah, where you're like, like, like like you've always had sort of like, oh, the the good guy turns into the bad guy. (sighs) Yeah, where it's like Batman can go too far and like and like, you know, he Batman's always a balance, right? Like Batman can push the edges and sometimes maybe he does the wrong thing, but not he always knows where the line is. Yeah. Or yeah. Where it's like, Oh, there's that tension there. Right. But this is more like, no, he's like, he, he's the bad he's guy wrong the entire time. And he's just getting worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It's really well done. I mean, like you said, it's beautifully drawn and, and, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a challenging perspective on a, on a character that's been around for a long time. And I just, and especially the way that it's done, even the, even the title, like the whole idea of white knighting, like how, yeah. how sort of a provocative yeah. term that is when you're yeah. talking about social justice warriors and, mm-hmm. and, and just social justice and that kind of thing of like him using that title and then taking well, I mean, we're going to talk about it in the, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I don't want to get too deep into it, but yeah. obviously there's a lot there. And, and like I said, it's just, it's just like, how come nobody, but it also works. It works both ways. Right. Cause it also works as like, it's a comment on that, but it's also a comment on dudes who think they know the right answer. Right. Right. Like, yeah. you know, like, or like, I don't need to listen to anybody. Like I'm right. You know, yeah. like, yeah. Whether anything else is, ha- you know, like no matter what you're telling me, I'm I'm correct because I'm sure that what I'm doing is like the correct like thing, whether like, you know, so it's like an interesting play on both sort of like elements of it, because you can kind of see people on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Reflected in that title. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I mean, it's, I mean, if you look at it, it's incredibly topical. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a, a, even more so today than maybe when it came out a couple of mm-hmm. years ago. It's like it's just it's even more, and it's just like nobody really. It didn't ruffle nearly the, the amount of feathers yeah. that I thought it should have. We're 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 dealing with a a, a, a pseudo Batman in my neighborhood right now. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, a little running around. It's a little fucking uh, crazy. Yeah. So I don't know if any of you guys have ever uh, gone into the cesspool that is the next door. Oh no! It just makes you hate the people you live around. So it's just like every insecurity. And oh, it's like the worst. Fear based, like yeah, yeah. I, I you should be embarrassed about. 
Yeah, I I call I call it. uh, I saw a black guy in a hoodie. dot com. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 horrible. So there's this guy in our neighborhood um, who has started patrolling the neighborhood and set up a a group that for the costume. Is he one of those? Is he one of those? He drives a car that says um, uh, zombie survival vehicle or something like that. Yeah. And like all of the posts are like really horrible, broken grammar, misspellings. He's going to murder someone. Or he's going to get killed. He's either going to he's you remember in um, uh, the Highlander, the the crazy like Vietnam vet that uh, that gets, you know, the shit shot out of him or no it's a the that that ends up getting run through by um uh by the 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 bad guy kind of yes yeah he's that guy he's and so yeah he's apparently was running around the neighborhood at, at god knows what time and you know shining lights in people's yards that he thought you know that maybe he saw something involved and it's <sighs> on next door it was it was like a it was i mean drawn down political lines of like half the people saying oh john thank you so much we really appreciate the work you're doing and the other half of the people were just like dude stay away from my fucking house you crazy person and uh and he finally he stopped because he felt like people didn't appreciate the work that he was doing in the neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) is never appreciated no no it's oh so you were doing this you were doing this so you could be appreciated in the community it's like oh okay that's totally normal i I live oh completely normal yeah i always make i always tell a story about my neighbor that lives across the street from me who is simultaneously the best neighbor you could ask for and the worst neighbor you could ask for so you never talk to him no i talk to him all the time oh okay but i mean he is he he is both literally a guy that jumped into a burning building in the neighborhood to wake people up because their house was on fire Mm -hmm. but also the guy that sits out with his like Toyota Camry blasting like uh, house music at four in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Like, God, how can you be that same guy? Like, how can you be that much of a fucking paradox? You know, (laughs) just like you. And and he like he is he's the guy that, you know, kind of keeps an eye on the neighborhood. If if he sees something wrong, he will say something, you know, not not. Mm -hmm. I mean, but if he sees somebody messing around your house over and, and see, you know, he's he's a good neighbor and he'd get he'd do anything for you he you know he takes care of his lawn impeccably i mean he's but then he will be outside like you know with no shirt on and like basketball <laughs> and just like you know yeah, yeah so it's just this it's this paradox of like he he's the best and the worst neighbor you could possibly yeah all these great qualities but it's also like just dude can you just put like a shirt on <laughs> yes. i used to have i used to have a neighbor he moved he moved away he was like um he was the guy in our block that would uh snow blow the block right yeah. like he had the snowblower and like you know, I live where I live. Like, you don't need a snowblower. Like for like, it, like most of the houses on my street are bungalows. Like you only have like a little piece of sidewalk. Like, right, right. It's really like 20, 20, 20 feet of sidewalk. Yeah. Like the only legitimate reason you have a snowblower is because you want to snowblow the entire block. 
because you want to get up at like five thirty and do that. So I am like, that guy. I am that yeah. guy, and I do the whole block. Yeah, like there's no yeah. like there's no real like if you were only like I need it's like I'm not buying this snowblower to like um, because my sidewalk is so unmanageable. It's because I want to snowblow everyone's. Uh, everyone's like uh, everyone's side. I have a driveway but it's so and I bought the snowblower for like $50 on Craigslist it's so the, don't you judge me Tom he left he left and I miss him <laughs> um, no he was great but he was like the like quintessential like suburban dad like we got a garage built and like for a while there was just the concrete slab before they built the garage mm-hmm. and I was out one like Saturday like putting sealant on the concrete and he was watching me from yeah. his, like steps and he was like that's good a lot of people wouldn't do that <laughs> like, watching me from like two doors down like i got his dad like suburban dad seal of approval mm-hmm. you know in reality he's maybe like 10 years older than me but like <laughs> feels like he might as well be like 50 years older yeah <laughs> It's like yeah, take uh, you under his wing. Let me show you how to put that seal yeah, on. Let me there, put, yeah, it's like, dude, yeah, I got I got under control. I'm a, I'm, I'm an adult who knows how to do things. I know. I, but I, he was, uh, now he's gone. He moved to a different suburb, and whenever it snows, I'm like, I wish Scott was here <laughs> to snowblow everything. I was like, and here's the thing: yeah. last winter, I <laughs> thought about becoming the snowblower guy. I was gonna Whoa. say, Tom, this I is your like, challenge. You, it's like you, JFK. it's time for you to be Scott. You. <laughs> Have to be Scott now. And that to pick up the mantle to pick up the mantle and become the Tom just guy. roaming the neighborhood, commenting on everyone's housework, yard work. Yeah, it's no, like, nice oh, job on them bushes, Bill. Yeah, it's great. You're doing the right thing by trimming them right now. That's the right, <laughs> this is the right time to do that. It's <laughs> like, should I get a snowblower? Should I become? Should I become? Let's like, it is like a comic book. It's like, do I pick up the mantle? And become like the snowblower guy on the, the street. You are you are the Hal Jordan to his Alan Scott. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then I, I was uh, like, dude, I don't, I can't get up that early. <laughs> <laughs> See, because he'd get up, he'd get up like ridiculously early. Like I never saw him do it. You know, and I'm not sleeping in late. Like I have kids, I'm getting up at like six. It's like six a.m. and it's yeah, like and it's beautifully. Already done. <laughs> it's already done. I'm like, when the hell did he get up? <laughs> so on on my on my block there is there is um a fair amount of snowblower envy this is a definitely a wisconsin thing oh yeah, yeah. you know it's like like i said i bought my snowblower like 50 dollars on on craigslist from some guy that moved from michigan into this neighborhood he's like yeah i used to have like this you know you know, 200 feet of driveway and I yeah. moved into this neighborhood and now I've got like, you know, 20 feet of, of sidewalk. I don't need the snowblower. I'm like, okay, well I'm, you know, corner lot. So, you know, and a driveway. Yeah. So I need to do that. But then we're watching across the street, the neighbor who brings out this amazing, amazing snowblower. And it is just, oh, it's just, damn. it's just, moving snow like no one's business what's and, the brand I, what's the brand i don't know it's big like yellow one and it Who was crazy it? and marta's like I, i'm watching him marta walks steps up behind me she's like jealous that's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> child with this toy snowball <laughs> i got a i got a, a giant uh 
powered uh, pool pool pooling snowblower. If you're looking for one, this thing will throw <laughs> snow. I'm looking to get rid of it. It's so big, it has reverse on it. You can that <laughs> Uh, oh yeah it's ridiculous it's it's, but it's like it's pointless unless it snows a foot like it's not worth because it's so heavy even with the motor on it it's like trying to get the thing around the driveway like i'm exhausted you know a car i'm pushing it has to be like an apocalyptic snow event yeah like justify the amount of work that goes into like moving it around yeah i have a small one now for just like but I, I can't seem to get rid of this goddamn albatross of a snowblower. <laughs> Craigslist, baby. Craigslist, that baby. All right. Really? Yeah. This Bring it up here. Know. I'll get rid of it for you. Drive it up to Milwaukee. Yeah. Market. It's uh, What you do is you wait till the first snowfall or the when the first snowfall is, is predicted, like two days before it. And then you put it on Craigslist and jack up the price. It'll be gone in a heartbeat. <laughs> I have a I, so I was gonna it's like selling out, stocks. I have a cousin that lives in the um, the UP, mm-hmm. like a little breakfast place up there, and and she, we were, I was talking to her, and she's like, yeah, you know, when you come up, just make sure, you know, you drive past somebody, you wave, you wave at everybody, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm like okay, and she made it like it was like a rule, like you got you got to wave at everybody, and I'm like. Finally, I'm like, why do you why do you wave at everybody? Why do you know everyone? She's like, no, you don't know everyone, but you never know when you're going to get stuck. You don't want to piss somebody off by not waving at them, and then they're driving by. Oh, no. no, it's like, oh, that asshole didn't wave at me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's actually not it. nice. It's about revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I was like, oh, all right. I'm, so I'm waving at everybody. Yeah, okay. Hey, hey, buddy. You never, know. you never know when you need them. Don't flash your bright stuff because it might be a gang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Between Facebook groups, like I have some, I'm, so, I'm in a, like some local Facebook groups to sell shit, but put people post other dumb shit in there too. That and next door, it is just like a constant. Bro- like, do you know what's going on? I heard. You know, I heard an alarm at four in the afternoon on Wednesday at the corner of blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. What's going on? It's like, who fucking cares? Like, where, how does it affect you? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all, it's all, it's like a level below the a police scanner. There are people that like listen to police scanners, and then there are people that go to next door to get the reactions to the people that listen to police scanners. <laughs> I heard I heard an alarm go off. What's happening? <laughs> I was yeah. burning baking on my on my stove. That's what happened. They showed up. I don't know. Like I think it's probably under control. There's no real need yeah. to. I can't imagine. Now this is. I mean, this is next door in a Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, we're still city, but we're so close to a collar suburb. It's kind of like the Oak Park of of Milwaukee. I can't imagine next door, like, in a Chicago neighborhood. Oh, I'm sure it's just, like, everyone, just, like, a constant stream of, like... It's got to be insanity. (laughs) Is that guns or fireworks? (laughs) Last night, though, I heard someone, I was like, that's a gun. (laughs) And I was right. (laughs) Is... Uh, I don't know which one it is, but one of them, like a gun, won't echo. 
is what I heard, but I don't know if that's true or not. Like fireworks, there'll be an echo, and and gunfire. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I, that's, I don't think that's true. I don't know. I, yeah, it doesn't seem to make sense to me. But well, it's, it's like I've always said, like the difference is like the rhythm, right? Like a firework is just like rhythm like yeah. it's just like a boom 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 you know like uh, but a gun is like boom 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 you know like it's like a <laughs> the other night i heard it and i was like oh that's a gun and it turned out uh-huh. it was a gun how did you find out uh someone posted on facebook that the cops <laughs> he was on next door i was like what's going on was that gunfire with a gun that's a gun <laughs> <laughs> is that fireworks or a gun? It's like actually no, that was a gun. No. <laughs> oh yeah, and and, oh, no. and next door is the best. Starting probably about yeah first of June, especially up here, because then it is constant complaints about fireworks. Yeah, from, yeah, like first of June to like end of July. It's two months of people firing off fireworks because they have nothing better to do up here. Just make uh, fireworks illegal in Wisconsin yeah. then. You know, that was one of my favorite times with the three of you was going up to the the White Sox Brewers game and then going back to Chicago and Sal seeing Sal in a fireworks store was (laughs) fucking amazing. He was he was the kid in the candy store. He was just grabbing stuff off of every shelf. He said, oh, these are awesome. Yeah, oh, I'm getting three of these. Well, oh, the kids are going to love this. Every year, man. It's no different every year. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, yeah, we ended up going because we always end up either in Wisconsin or Indiana at some point, you know, over the summer. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, well, let's just pick some stuff up. But this year. Yeah. So for li- for listeners, viewers out there, it is illegal to sell fireworks in the state of Illinois. And yeah. so you, you have to go to a to a border state to buy your your munitions. Yes. Which is just silly. But uh, yeah, this year was different with COVID. It was an interesting experience. I, I, I well, you ran into a MAGA rally. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Were they selling fireworks? I had so many fireworks one year. I got bored of fireworks. Like halfway, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I'm kind of bored with firing off all these fireworks at this point. It's kind of too much. It's like, yeah, I kind of did it. I did them all. I let them. Was it? We did it. We did a pretty awesome this year, though. Like my entire family, all like all my nieces and nephews, they all bought fireworks. So we had a stockpile, and we were, we all went to my niece's house, and we were you know like coordinating. You know, displays of things. It was, <laughs> oh, nobody got hurt. It was all good. <laughs> oh, all the things of summer that we've kind of missed this year, huh? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, this is the Fireworks. first first year since I was ten years old that I have not gone to a major league baseball game. He's not gone to Lollapalooza. No. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor people. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy, he had gone to like, I don't know how many, a lot uh, opening day uh, for the White Sox for like years and years and years. Like before his kids were born, he would he was going and then his son, you know, like he brought his kids every year after that. And like he he had a streak. 
of uh, of baseball opening days that he had gone to, and then yeah, this year was the uh, the break. He broke the streak. Yeah, yeah, by no fault of his own. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we're able to go to a baseball game next year. Keep our fingers crossed, right? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Let me um, know when people watch football games. I, like they said, the I still don't understand like that. Twenty thousand people at their stadium next that game. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just like wonderful. Yeah, it's all over, guys. Yeah, time time to get back to normal. Yeah. It's, uh, no, it's it's for day. I'm going to visit my parents in Florida in a couple weeks, and. uh it's saw that they uh, that they they've now opened up all the bars and restaurants uh, without restrictions. Well, yeah, that's, that sounds pretty prudent. It's a good idea. I'm sure we'll. You can fine. hit up a beefo. You can hit up a beefo Brady's. <laughs> Get your stuff. Go to a Fuddruckers. One, one of my awesome. favorite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Something my angry. inalienable right to get <laughs> Give me that terrible hamburger and a beer. Yeah, I've been promised Blood no. Rockers. Don't worry, <laughs> President Trump will take care of us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be. We'll be fine. Don't worry, everyone. We'll we'll all be back at our baseball games. My Cardinals are enough. my Cardinals are threatening to uh, to beat your Brewers here and sneak their way into the playoffs i mean so. it's fine like i don't even know what's know. going on like yeah. baseball this year i just like lost track it's it they're gonna play in bubbles now is the time for the bubbles it's uh, i don't know like I, doing, I, it's bubbles I, listen I, other than your goddamn cardinals it seemed like the rest of the teams could be adults and not get sick <laughs> they weren't the only ones motherfucker <laughs> all right the first time oh, like, my White Sox, there was a few guys, but they're all Cuban and like that shit doesn't even bother them. They, they just <laughs> yeah, yeah. You hear about this problem in Cuba? No, no, doesn't affect Cubans. That's right. <laughs> I, I like the first time a series got canceled. I just lost track. I was just like, oh, I'm yeah. shocked. It's gonna get weird. Tom, they've actually played the 60 game schedule, and there's gonna be playoffs. There's gonna be a World Series. I am. I am. Shocked! It's after it's that pretty, first week. I was like, "This is not going to happen." It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's going to be a really weird season, and they're going to really regret it when like uh, someone win, someone beats like the Dodgers in two games with like fluky plays, and then it's like, <laughs> and then like, oh crap! Extended in Houston, in Houston <laughs> you know, yeah. Dod- the the Dodgers against the. Tampa Bay Rays in Houston. It's going to be are epic. They, are they going to keep the uh, the you know start a man on second base in the tenth inning? <sighs> I think they should. Uh, Fucking in I, for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, I like. I like. And I yeah, and I think that all of the all of the World Series games should be double headers. They should be seven inning double headers. Seven inning, seven inning double headers. Let's do it. Let's you just know. go for it. Let's go. It's all in. All, in. all in. All <laughs> in. Get him over in 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. It's awesome. You get it over in a weekend. Get this whole thing I, done. I think the Cardinals have had, I want to say, it's something like 12 seven inning games this year. They've had like six double headers and they're seven inning games. It's, it's, it's and they're awesome. I, I, it's heresy, but I love the seven inning game. Cause I watch two of them in an afternoon. It's awesome. 
What about I'm the I'm surprised to hear that from you, Chris. I would have thought you oh, been... Tom, nothing is real anymore. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> how can you be? Everything's made up. We made it all the rules that exist. Yeah. 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 DH? No, Let's have two DHs. I think that's awesome. That's <laughs> 10 batters, two DHs. It's. Yeah, what's nothing is real anymore. It doesn't matter. Did you guys uh, try to get back to count comics here? <laughs> we talk so much baseball, but did you guys hear uh, our friend uh, John Byrne got himself into trouble? Oh, oh, oh no! Oh, what did he do? Oh, oh no! I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get that far into because I, so, I, just, I no, I, I I did hear something about John Byrne, and it's like Jamal Eigel got into some big argument with. Rob Liefeld about who the greatest X-Men artist was. And it was something well, about was John Byrne. Good. I think it started with, is it connected to that? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. I think it's connected to that, but I don't think it, it's not why, you know who the greatest uh, X-Men artist was. Uh, who? Jack Kirby. Eh. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Um, well, he was the greatest artist. He maybe not the greatest X-Men artist. Uh, Say eh anyway, again. Uh, yeah, I guess he. I don't know. He was. It was on his message board, and he was mm-hmm. talking at first, kind of reasonably about like. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, about, most most John Byrne conversations start out probably no, no. recently. It was about gender and and like oh boy, the difference between men and women. <laughs> of course, it. Oh boy. You know, got <laughs> this is not going. What yeah. was Dave, what was Dave Sim in this conversation? Uh, no, but it was yeah, it was, it was. I mean, yeah, I didn't I didn't read it all myself because I'm just like I don't care what John. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> gender rights. Like I don't really. It doesn't John Brand's done us the favor of just like having his own little realm that you yeah. don't have to pay attention to. To like, yeah, we we will we will be one of the last people to ever interview him. Because he doesn't yeah, do. Yeah. He, it yeah. wasn't long after that that he just stopped doing interviews. We killed it. We <laughs> we did. We, we we killed John Burns' interviews. But yeah, so he he caused quite the stir on uh, on Twitter. It seems, and then yeah, and then there was like there was some people. Basically, then at that point, it's like, well, John Burns. John Burns wasn't even a great artist. Like it kind oh, of. Well, that's not oh, true. No. Come all on. right, all right. <laughs> let's not. Let's, you know, say what you will. About you know, he was one of the first superstar artists in comics. It became then it became Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly were the greatest X Men, you know, duo ever. No, it was Burn Claremont and Claremont. Come on, it's Burn Claremont. I know it's just Morrison. Nobody, people cannot separate the two. If you know, fucking millennials. You know, I just laugh now because, (laughs) like, I've always thought. Like Harry Potter books were shit, and Morrissey was an asswipe. <laughs> like, like, see, I was right from the beginning. Here we go. <laughs> no, and and and, that, and that's not the shit on the Morrison quietly run of X Men. New X Men was it, it was it was great. It was I mean it was a landmark series that probably brought that series you know a lot of attention at a time when it was kind of, you know, flagging along, but you know, burn, burn Claremont or Claremont burn, whatever order you want to put them in. I mean, that cemented that it made the X-Men what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's always going to be, you know, whatever the greatest of anything. I mean, Tom, you were, you know, you were talking about Rolling Stones list of, you know, top 500 albums and they had Sergeant Pepper is number one uh, for the longest time. And it's, Mm -hmm. and it's, 
like okay that's an opinion you know that's like your opinion sure, of course it's an opinion i mean it's a it's a pretty well backed up opinion but it's an opinion <laughs> nonetheless but i don't you know but it's, it's like, not even my favorite beatles record well yeah that's what i mean it's yeah, yeah. so it's like yeah. how do you I didn't I don't know, know that they had that the other day on Twitter. I was like, wait, they had Sgt. Pepper is the greatest album of all time, which is like, uh, you know, not to. How like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get controversial now. Uh oh. Yeah. It's like, it's like circus music. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's what happens when you give one goddamn song. It's, it's like. So you're not, you're not a big fan of Mr. Kite, huh? No. <laughs> to listening to motown i mean they got better afterwards it's just like they had a weird album where um like you're writing songs about being 64 you know like it's just like it's it's just like it was a transitional <laughs> period tom it was you it's know you had to get a corny get out of their system <laughs> And it's just weird that it was like the best album of all time. <laughs> Someone and I'm just like I'm like Rolling Stone really. I was like, huh. And then uh, when people people were all up in arms because whatever Marvin Gaye was like number one, I was like, well, it is. It, I would agree that it's better than Sgt. Pepper's. Wow, <laughs> what's going on? It's a yeah. great record. It's, it's a yeah. great, it, it is a great record. I, I, okay, what's your favorite record of all time? And that's a, that that that's a different that's a different thing. What do you think the greatest record of all time is, and what is your favorite record of all time? Because those are usually two different answers. I'll have to answer it next week. I got to think about okay. a good answer to this. Figure so you would be like an exile on Main Street guy. No, that's not even my favorite Rolling Stones record. No. Uh, let me think. You were a goat head soup guy. No. Sticky no. fingers. Nope. Nope. You haven't guessed my top two at all. Tattoo you. Nope. Uh, Steel um, wheels. <laughs> yeah, yes. Steel. Bridges to Babylon. Bridges to Babylon. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite Stone album is always the next one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Let It Bleed? Yeah, that's my okay. favorite. Okay. Yeah, and Some Girls. Those are my top two. Oh, I, 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 those are two fantastic those are, right, those, are, those are my favorite. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, I was like, Sergeant Pepper, like, what a weird, like, I, I, was, I think it was, I, was like, it was, I understand why they redid the list. It was <laughs> in the context of the time in which it was released and the impact that it had and the amount of bands it has. Well, everyone should redo their top 500 all the time. Well, sure they should. To be, it totally makes sense to you. Like, yeah. People didn't stop making music. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, Paul's Boutique is going to be the greatest record Eventually, of all time. it'll get yeah. slowly work its way up the list. Until, I just uh, don't understand how you can't even keep a music magazine going. Who gives a shit what you think about the best albums of all time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, 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 so many. It's like, does anyone really care? <laughs> Nobody's even thought about Rolling Stone until they <laughs> upset people by putting some black guys in the top 100 finally. Everybody knows this. white people made the only good music. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what happened? It's the, yeah, I mean, also, like, who, 
legit cares who somebody's 450th favorite album is. Like, like whoever is the 450th record. Yeah, that's it. It's like mm. it's like a, such a ridiculously huge list that's like comically unusable. You know, it's like if I sat down and you made me like think of the like five the 500 greatest albums, I'd get to like I'd be like, ah, and the rest of them are all like pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like, everything else is pretty good. There, there are times that you know because I was building out the uh, my jazz records over the last few years, and so I would peruse the you know hundred greatest jazz records of all time, and just reading those lists is it, it's it's interesting in in a, a kind of you know driving metal spikes into your head kind of way. Yeah, yeah it's it's like some just, of the top five hundred X Men comics of all time. <laughs> Did I talk to you guys about my, did I go on my Beach Boys rant? Oh, God. Oh, no, I'm here for it. Let me hear it. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, I, I told you about this, Chris, but I was driving around and. and uh, Listening to pet sounds like you do on the weekend. <laughs> I, no, something came up about the Beach Boys and I was driving with my son. Oh, yeah, Jack. Okay. And yeah. he was like. And I said to him, oh, they were, you know, they were like the, 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 you know, biggest selling group of that year or whatever. It was on the radio. And he's like, really? I'm like, why? Do you know who the Beach Boys is? Like, well, I kind of do. He's like, they just all sound the same. Like all their yeah. music. And I'm like, exactly. They do. <laughs> the only reason the Beach Boys I, were I, at all was because they wouldn't play black guys on the radio. There was like so much more, way better music being produced at that time that the Beach Boys were popular, but they nobody heard them because they weren't on the fucking radio because they were black guys. I was like, so these goofy fucking surfer dudes came up with these shit songs oh. about cars and fucking, you know, and, and somehow they were popular and became it is, it's like, funny. okay, It is funny. We're going to get us some unpopular. It's like... No, we're not going to piss anyone off with this episode. We're talking about the Beach Boys. And it's like, there's Pet Sounds. Okay. And yeah. then, yeah. Like, I don't get it. It's the second greatest album of all time, right behind Sgt. Pepper's. The only thing that makes it the best Beach Boys song uh, album is that they didn't write any corny-ass surfing songs. Finally, <laughs> 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 I'm like, okay, we're, we're like 37. Can we stop talking about, like, cruising on the fucking... Brian Wilson hadn't touched a surfboard in 10 years. <laughs> it's just he like, was already getting fat. It's like a thing that has become so irrelevant. To like culturally, like people are surf music, surf music and hot rods, and like it's just it's it's like, but it's strange, right? Because like, okay, you think whole, we could write another song about haircut this week? <laughs> it's a whole like musical industry complex built around you know, like cementing things forever as being like important, right? Like it's oh, it's Americana. Yeah, it's yeah. important that the Beach Boys are important, and then you're like listening to like a, the third song about fast cars, and you're like, you're like, what? Like what? Like this was like, what do we cover today, guys? Is it going to be well, surfing? Is it going to be cars? Is it going to be pretty driving? girls? Yeah, go uh, surfing. Bikinis. Yeah, come on. Can we make a song about soda shop? Maybe. Uh, I agree with them. I agree with your <laughs> your son. Whenever. When it comes out, I'm just what like, I don't oh, understand with the, the Rolling Stone top 500 is it, okay. So Sergeant Pepper is no longer number one. 
but it's like not even uh, they just like it doesn't exist any longer. Oh, it dropped off. It dropped out of the five hundred. <laughs> I don't even know where it is. I'm looking at somebody the- listened to it again, and they were like, "Whoa, wait a second. <laughs> they oh, were like, "What?" It, it got knocked all the way down to twenty-four. Wow. Yeah. What invalid, invalid list. <laughs> ah, they listened to 24? it. 24? 24. What is 23? Uh, Velvet Underground and Nico. The Velvet Fuck that. Oh, that's better than well, that's way better. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Some Come on. Sergeant <laughs> Pepper isn't even the best. Beatles kaleidoscope <laughs> album that the Beatles put out. Yeah, I like the Beatles. They, they made a lot of great albums. Sergeant Pepper's is not close to the best one. It's not my favorite Beatles record, but it's better than freaking Velvet no, Underground. It's, Nico, it's not. It's not. It is. You, you want to? You want to hit? Let's just let's just go full bore. Oh God! Twenty three Velvet Underground. <laughs> 22, uh, Ready to Die by Notorious B.I.G. No, okay, no. absolutely not. <laughs> what are you talking about? That is not it. It. Sergeant, Sergeant it is Pepper. not. Chris is going to die on the Sergeant <laughs> Pepper's Hill with his corny ass. I will plant my flag on Sergeant Pepper's Hill and I will die here. 20, 21, uh, Border Run by The Boss, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, that's it's a great record. It's a great record. There's better. There's better Bruce Springsteen albums, though. I wonder. I, I'm a big Nebraska fan. Yeah, that's um, kind of his Sergeant Pepper a little bit. Fuck off. <laughs> Twenty is Radiohead Kid, Kid A. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're gonna love this one. <laughs> Number nineteen, to pimp a butterfly, Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I listen to it more than Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, 18 is Highway 61 Revisited, Bob Dylan. Uh, These are all things that... I, the thing about Sergeant Pepper is if I was at somebody's, somebody's house... And I was like, they were like, I'm going to put on a Beatles record. And they put on Sergeant Pepper. I'd be like, I'd... In my head, I wouldn't say you have another one. Like, <laughs> I'd be polite, but in my head, I would be like, "What the fuck?" You you would put on okay if you were gonna put on if you were gonna put on a a, a Beatles party at your imaginary COVID yeah. time party. Yeah. What would it be? I if I had people over, mm-hmm. I'd play one of the I'd play one of the earlier ones or up to like Rubber uh, Soul. Yeah, I play like Rubber yeah. Soul or yeah. even like a Hard Day's Night or something where people. Are hanging out and talking. It's high energy. Yeah, there's okay. no like, weird that. songs about like no. when I'm 64, like when I'm elderly. <laughs> like, all right, Sal, continue. <laughs> Keep this fictitious no, list. Number 17 is uh, "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy" by Kanye West. Yeah, Kanye West, future president, uh, president, future president of the United States of America. I think we can all agree he's a genius. Uh, number 16 Stay, Stable genius uh, Stable genius Number 16 is London Calling The Clash Solid uh, I would listen to that 400 times Before I listen to Sergeant Pepper uh, Number 15 is Public Enemy It Takes a Nation of Millions To Hold Us Back One of my top five records of all time Absolutely Can't argue with Public Enemy uh, Number 14 Exile on Main Street 
Rolling Stones. Number 13, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You by Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Number 12 is Thriller, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, 11 is Revolver by the Beatles. Oh, well, there oh you wow. Right. Okay, Revol- Revolver. Revolver, better record for better me. Record. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Number 10 is The Miseducation of Lauren Hill by Lauren Hill. That's a good album. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Blood on the Tracks, Bob Dylan. I'm just judging this on whether I'd rather li- if someone gave me the choice between Would you that rather listen to this <laughs> than Sergeant Peppers? Every single one so far. I've been, yeah, I would definitely. The Bob Dylan ones are the only ones I may not. Uh, I like Dylan, though, so I'm, yeah, I'm not, not a big Dylan fan. I appreciate Dylan, but I'm not a... You appreciate like, Dylan, but Sergeant Peppers is inconsequential to you, as are the Beach Boys. I didn't say it was inconsequential. <laughs> the Beach Boys are definitely inconsequential. <laughs> the Beatles are not inconsequential. I, I, Sergeant, Sergeant Peppers, not the Beatles. Sergeant Peppers. Sergeant Pepper is on this list. I wouldn't put either Bob Dylan or Sergeant Peppers in my top 50. Yeah. Well, yours, I mean, it's it's going to be 25 Led up one records and then everything yeah. else. Well, yeah. <laughs> but this is Rolling Stone. Yeah. Trashed every Zeppelin yeah. album that came out, so obviously they don't yeah. know anything. Well, about you'll me. agree. I mean, Zeppelin Four is not even close to being your favorite Zepp record. Uh, I don't. I couldn't even. I, I'd have to sit down and think about it. Really, what would be my favorite Zeppelin? Uh, three is. I I I really love mm-hmm. Zeppelin Three. Uh, Houses of the Holy is. Uh, you know, but I don't know. That that's like, I don't know. Picking my children. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Purple Rain by Prince and the Revolution. Great album. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Rumors, Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Number six, Nevermind by Nirvana. Not my favorite Nirvana. Not my favorite Nirvana record. Yeah. How do you, how do you. In Utero is a Abbey masterpiece. Hmm? Abbey Road is number five. Oh, okay. That's better than Sgt. Pepper, yeah. That's my favorite, that's my favorite Beatles record. There you go. Uh, Number four, Songs in the Key of Life, Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. That's a good album. Solid. Uh, three is Blue by Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And two is Pet Sounds by those fucking blonde douchebags, the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. And number one, Marvin Gaye, What's Going On? Yeah. Okay. I, I'll agree. I didn't see with like half of these, but hey, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Gentlemen, I, I have to go feed my children. Okay. I'm glad we ran through this list, though. Is this I'm glad list I was it? able to share my Sgt. Pepper's distaste <laughs> publicly. So I'm always like, what? Is- glad we could shit on the Beatles and mm-hmm. Beach Boys all in one podcast. It's do, you, uh, do, you, do your children have to atone for things tonight? Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. They've got a lot of <laughs> It's like, let me tell you. All right. Well, tell you about it. Yeah. It's uh we'll we'll uh happy Yom Kippur. Merry Yom Kippur. It's a solemn holiday. It's a solemn holiday, okay. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't don't, uh, you don't need to say anything. Oh Well, thanks, Tom, for uh, yeah. for uh, you know making time for us this lovely weekend. Oh, I'm we sorry, I had to move it. I moved it. It was my fault that we recorded earlier because I forgot what day the actual Yom Kippur service is on. You're a bad Jew, yeah. Tom. 
I'm not Jewish. Adjacent. Adjacent. Jew adjacent. I'm on. I'm along for the ride. All right. Well, hey, it's always fun. It's yep. uh, yeah. Maybe there'll be some decent comics come out this week that we can talk about next week. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe they all suck. Oh, hey, before we go, I did uh-huh. want to say congratulations to the iFanboy guys. They had their 750th episode, I think, this week. Yeah. Who? The iFanboy crew. They keep doing it. No one's stopping not, them. Uh, not familiar. Won't someone stop them? Someone help them? <laughs> Josh and Connor. It's what, it's, what, it's what Tom said from the very beginning. No one can ever tell you to stop. Yeah, you can just do it. But... Still, nonetheless, congrats to those guys. We love those guys. Congratulations. Good dudes. Yep. I think I've listened to, like, at least, of the 750 they put out, I've listened to at least eight of them. Eight of them. They they would have me guest on there, and they'd be like, Chris, okay, what have you read? And I would, like, tell them about something I read, like, a month ago, and they're like, do you not know – the name of the show. <laughs> they so they stop having me man. on. They, you know, yeah. they're, they're, well, we were there. We used to be there at the one point. We used to do that, but yeah. now we're lazy. Yes. Now we talk about baseball and God and mm-hmm. shitty white bands from the 60s. I like the shitty white band. Oh, I'm sorry. Average white band. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All Thomas, right. you go. Feed your children. Bye, guys. All right. Bye, bud. We'll talk to you next week. Did he so, have a Schneidhorst t-shirt on? No, it's... No, Tom. Oh, I didn't notice. I think he had a Schneidhorst I don't know t-shirt. what that is. It's a, a restaurant. It was a restaurant in uh, Chicago. A German yeah. restaurant. So, back I don't in know. the day. It did look like it was German-ish writing. Mm-hmm. It's um, always good to wear a you know, good German shirt on Yom Kippur. Uh, uh, Grand Rapids. Is that Michigan? This is from Volta Midnight in Grand Rapids, the comic book store there. Really awesome nice. comic book store in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. No one ever asked me what my shirt says. Oh, you actually have a story about this one. Well, what is it? Oh, Lucero, yeah. Yeah, yeah I met the, I met the... Base guitarist. You know, the tattoo shop. I got this little tattoo yeah. there. Yeah, it's his shop. He was a cool dude, man. I had no idea who they were, but I'm like, I know Chris will know this. <laughs> it sounds exactly like the kind of brand band that Chris would listen to. Yeah. And you're uh, like, do you know Lucero? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he was awesome. And yeah, he, he was a really cool dude. And just sitting there like, he's like, yeah, when I'm not on tour and stuff, I just hang out here and bother these guys because he, I guess he owns the tattoo shop. Yeah. Well, him and a partner, and then yeah. So he he just I was the only guy in there, so yeah. we were just bullshitting about tattoos and music and stuff, and and uh, and then he then it was sort of like he kept saying like about being on tour, or playing shows, and being in a band, that kind of thing. And then it was finally like, what band are you in? Like, well, mm-hmm. who are you? You know, because it's like okay, this is an, like this guy's an actual working musician. Yeah, he's a working yeah, musician. I'm in Memphis, so it's like who. You know, throw a stone, you're going to hit a working musician in Memphis, probably. But I'm like, who, you know, what's your band? And he's like, oh, we're called Lutheran. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar, but I'm like, I know somebody that will know that band for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, and it's funny because uh, certainly tattoo culture is big with that band. It's, uh, oh, yeah, he's covered. That dude's like 
covered head to toe in, in yeah. tats. Yeah. Well, you would love you would you would enjoy the shit out of Lucero's show, even if you didn't didn't like the music at all. It's which is funny because you talked about High Fanboy. They were playing Lucero was playing at uh, a Riot Fest uh, several years ago in Chicago, and Ron Richards had had come in to, to visit. And we would go, we went to Riot Fest like two, three years in a row with each other. And I, he's there, at, Lucero is on stage. And we had kind of gone from, you know, stage to stage to see different bands. And so right. I was like, okay, Lucero's playing at, you know, 215 at, at this stage. I, that's who I want to see in this time slide. Like, okay, we'll go over there. And you know, they're rocking out. I'm getting into And he's just like, this is like your perfect band, isn't it? And it was it was his kind of way of saying, I know you really like this. Not really my thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, uh, they're great. Live. They're fantastic live. And the Lucero fans are um, usually well inked. I would describe them as. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I listen to some of their stuff afterwards when I came home and listened. But, yeah, and it's just not it's not for me. But, you know, mm -hmm. they're yeah. obviously talented. They, they're, I just, they're great live. They're great live. And uh, uh, Ben Nichols has uh, done some uh, solo work. Uh, also a comics fan. They have a song on one of their records that is uh, based on Love and Rockets. Oh, OK. Yep. Nice. So on Maggie, it's it's on Maggie the Mechanic. Maggie the mechanic. Yeah. And so, yeah, he gets into a lot of liter literary stuff. He did I a whole. Go he back did and a, read, read um, uh, Love and Rockets again. It's you know I I I go I dive in and out. What I've discovered is I just kind of need to, to read a, a kind of a story at a time, and it doesn't matter about reading it chronologically you just kind of go in and and just get the little the little snippet of it and i right. find, find that as being pretty uh you know uh soul filling but you would like one of ben nichols uh solo records uh was based on uh, uh blood meridian by comic McC cormac mccarthy yeah so and you're probably a mccarthy fan right yeah yeah uh, yeah I, uh... I don't really enjoy his books because I don't really enjoy his writing style. Okay. Uh, I enjoy his stories, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Sure, sure. But absolutely. I, I'm not really a fan of his novels because I, I don't particularly like the way that he writes. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that about like Tolkien. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I love the stories. I, it's hard. It's hard to read. Yeah, uh, I, I just find it distracting. Like it, it, it doesn't really help me. Uh, you know, when I'm reading a story, I want my imagination to take over and I want to envision these characters and see where they're at and and feel what they're doing. And I feel like his writing gets in the way of that for me. OK, um, I know a ton. You know, people love him, And he's obviously a brilliant storyteller. I, you know, I, I'm not criticizing him in any way. It's just for me, I, I don't enjoy it's not enjoyable to read his books, but I think he's a great I, I, I love the movies that come out of his books. Um, and I, the road, yeah, the road's phenomenal. And, yeah. But, um, I, I can't, I, it's the, the stuff is, is too, too morose for me. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't read or watch stuff that that's too down right now. It, I get that. Believe yeah. me, I've, I've, I've found myself watching and reading more 
either like historical stuff mm-hmm. that's like biography or just something I'm interested in or just like funny goopy shit. <laughs> um, uh, watch something last night that's uh, fun for the whole family. Um, I don't know. If, uh, your kids are all old. I don't know if they you know, huddle up and watch movies with you guys at all anymore. Not as much as we used to, but occasionally yeah. we do. So. Um, surprise. It was, it, it is a movie I would describe as being delightful. Delightful. Which, it was delightful. Uh, really well done. Enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, Enola Holmes. Oh, that's the new Netflix with, uh, what's your name from Stranger? Uh, 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 Millie Bobby Brown, uh, James Carville. Not James Carville. God, I'm getting too many fucking uh, political. Uh, uh, Superman. Um, yeah, Caviezel. The, the, the James. The, but no, who's who played Superman? Jesus, in The Witcher. It's not Caviezel. No, it's not Caviezel. Um, I don't know how you. I don't know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Is it James? Uh, 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 Henry, Henry Cavill. Oh, there you go. Henry, Henry Cavill, 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 something like that. James Carville is a political analyst. The worst. Uh, Superman. Huh? <laughs> I said, just call him the worst Superman. Is he? Nah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't mind. He actually plays a decent, if not overly you know what he's perfect to play a younger sherlock holmes because he doesn't emote yeah yeah i I see him as that but okay yeah and i actually like henry carville from like all the interviews i've seen one thing but yeah he's perfect for a young sherlock holmes because he's not very emotive Um, how young because that dude's not that young is he? Um, I always think but, well, he's. How old do you picture Sherlock Holmes in the books? Like, I'm not. I'm just asking. Like, how I picture it? him as uh, Razzle Bath or uh, Basil Rathbone old. That's really old. <laughs> yeah, but that's how I always saw Sherlock really? Holmes growing up because I didn't read them until after I had seen like Sherlock Holmes movies, which was Basil Rathbone. So yeah, he's a guy in his fifties with a funny hat. Yeah, and I know I in the books he's him. younger. I, I read the, the, I read the books. I never pictured him that old. I always pictured yeah. him a little more spry than that. Yeah. It's, so when you I say mean, young Sherlock Holmes and then it's Henry Cavill, it's like. Mm-hmm. Well, he's how young is he? <laughs> That's not young. He's not. Yeah, he's got. A, he's not forty yet, is he? No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. It, but yeah, it's. I mean, that's my. That's you know, whenever you you see something for the first time, that kind of cements it into your head that that is that that character. Yeah, it's Basil Rathbone. That's Sherlock right. Holmes. You okay. Know? You know, and then so to see like Robert Downey Jr. or. Um, um, <clears throat> I, I have a hard time now not thinking of Cumberbatch as Sherlock. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he kind of reinvented the role for a whole generation. Yeah. What were the Basil Rathbone? What are, did he just? I don't even know Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes movies. Like uh, Hound of the Va- Hound of the Baskervilles um, is the one that was always on, like you know, late night PBS yeah, or whatever yeah. growing up. So. Yeah, I'm sure there were a few others, but yeah, that's, I mean, he kind of, 
the other like Sherlock Holmes thing. It's I grew up. We would play Two Twenty One B Baker Street, the board game, all the time. And so like that picture of Sherlock <laughs> Holmes, uh, it, that's Sherlock Holmes. But I think that's absolutely based on Basil yeah. That, you're right, right. Yeah, that same. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thin, fifty-ish pipe. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I guess. Now the the BBC uh, did the uh, Sherlock Holmes series for what before Cumberbatch, and this was would have been back in the nineties, and it was really 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 well done. And I forget who played him, but it was very very well done. But yeah, it was. But he was basically like a younger version of Basil Rathbone. Uh, we have a question here. Uh-huh. From Pick O'Brien. Uh, so what book is it that it's like if Superman had a very shitty childhood and grew up to be bad? Um, I don't know if he's talking about Red Sun. Red Sun is a book where... No, that, that's if he landed in, in Russia. Well, um, um, some would say. <laughs> um, I'm trying to well, I mean, the, the, the boys, right? Well, you have Highlanders, yeah. I oh, oh. Mom is home with Parker, so dogs dogs are going crazy. Um, so, like, like bad Superman. I mean, that that that's been. I mean, you can point to a lot of different point, like Injustice Society, but that's alternate, you know, alternate reality Superman. Um, uh, what, Supreme, but he was the good guy in that, but that was a different take on Superman, Supreme Power. Yeah. Wasn't there another Superman, though? Well, there, I mean, there's the, the movie that came out, what, a couple years ago, Birthright? Was it Birthright? Birthright? No, you're... No, uh, bright, yeah. bright, bright, bright something. Bright, yeah. Oh, shit. It was pretty good. It was a horror movie. Yeah, um, but it was like basically it was it was yeah it was Superman. He was young Superman. Uh, bright Star. God, what the hell name was uh, that? Something like that. Burn bright. Burn bright. Or bright burn. Bright, bright burn. burn. Bright burn. That's it. Yeah. Do I need to feed the dogs? It was actually. Uh, yes, good. I like that movie a lot. I have not seen it yet. It looks I, really good. I mean, they did a nice job because it's. I mean, it, yeah, it's obviously Superman's story, but mm-hmm. it's a horror movie, and it's just like okay, this would be terrifying if you had. A kid um, <laughs> with, with, with those powers. Kind of powers that also maybe was a little troubled and yeah. That, that, mm-hmm. um, oh, here's <laughs> Max Immortal, Sean Burris. Okay, timing in. Uh, I, yeah, that that's one that's that is that is that. Uh, oh, um, uh, Marvel Man, Mr. Marvel yeah. Man, yeah, man, Marvel yeah. Man, sure, kind of, yeah. Uh, if it's written really that. bad, you would say the Sentry, right? The Sentry was, yeah. There's been a lot of takes on that. Yeah. Thing. Even though I actually kind of like Paul Jenkins' Sentry, um, he did the original miniseries on Sentry, right? With Jay Lee. Yeah, yeah Jay which Lee. was actually good. I mean, it was a, it was a, it's kind of like Marvel Man White. It was the when the Sentry kind of went beyond that miniseries. Is whatever happened to the Sentry? Is he still around? The last I saw the Sentry, there was a there was a pretty good mini series that came out not too long ago, like I want to say last year or early mm-hmm. this year. And okay. uh, who did it? I really liked the art. It was very 
kind kind of like Daniel Warren, the guy that did Wonder Woman Dead Earth. I don't think. Oh it was, yeah, yeah. But it was that kind of style of very high energy art, mm-hmm. and it was kind pretty real, good. But it, it's it's real inky, like, like Nathan Fox, real inky stuff. Yeah, inky and just frenetic, you know. Um, but there's like. I don't know. The problem with this injury is he's kind of caught in between, like, is he... Yeah. Because of the way that Jenkins made that character, it's like he's not quite really a superhero. He's this weird facsimile. And so, like, every time somebody writes him, like, there's this, you know, it's stuck with that, you know, the battle with what was the his alter ego... What was it called? Do you remember? Oh, well, yeah, with the the shadow or something like that. Yeah, it's, the darkness or the whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. So it's always kind of comes back to that, which can be interesting at some point. But this is interesting. I mean, it, this is this is again, it's like, mis, you know, it's like Miracle Man light because it's dealing now with one of the like Century Junior or whoever the hell I can't remember the one. <laughs> <laughs> Kid so, Marvel. Yeah, yeah, Mar- yeah but. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't well, know. Speaking of, are we going to get a, um, a a second uh, uh, Cat Marvel movie? Uh, uh, Shazam. I mean, well, Shazam they're doing movie. Black Adam. So, and that's going to be Marvel Family. Well, so far, I don't know. I mean, all they showed was it's it's going to be The Rock mm-hmm. playing Black Adam. I don't know if he probably won't fight the Marvel Family until the end or something you know what i mean and then maybe shazam 2 is against black adam i don't know oh, so it's black it's not shazam 2 it's black adam is, black adam's own like, movie yeah okay origin i think it's an origin yeah. movie the rock which we've talked about there's marta um hey, marta wet you get rained on yeah um so yeah we talked about like the jeff john stuff that that I like was the his work on JSA. That's my favorite Jeff Johns run. And I mean, he absolutely redefined Black Adam as a character in that and made that, you know, kind of bringing it back to the beginning of the episode of the sympathetic. No, he was Namor. He was he was he would, ruler yeah. who would do whatever, you know, it took to protect his people and that he didn't, you know, it was, he was, yeah, he was Namor basically. He was the, the sympathetic bad guy where you're like, yeah, you can't do that, but yeah, I kind of understand, you know, right. it's, and you know, what was neat about John's run is that he actually had members of, you know, almost created like a mini civil war with the JSA because you had other members like Adam Smasher that ended up siding with black Adam. And it's like, yeah, he's right. And I'm going to go help him. You know, well, I'm talking about like a perspective, like, you know, so, and I think we, like, I just don't see that much out of mainstream comics anymore. And and I think you used to get that a lot more when I don't know what, it, and I don't know if it's an editorial thing or what, but it's like, you don't, you know, it's like how many comics come out month after month after month. And there's just zero perspective in any of it. There's very, there's very little point of view. It's just sort of like, you know, even even with something like Hickman's X-Men that he just recently did, which is this huge, you know, epic sort of story recreating or those or retelling those stories, not retelling, but 
sort of resetting the mutants in the Marvel universe and everything. And there's a little bit of like, okay, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're going to have our own safe place and we're going to, you know, there's a little bit of, of sort of political stuff in there, but it's so kind of soft handed Mm. and homogenized that you really, it's not like it's challenging you in any way. It's hard because you either have that or it's so ham-fisted and, right. and, and, you know, preaching to the choir that it's, it's a hard, it's a hard line to walk of, you know, are you saying something important with impact or are you just playing to the masses with, with a message that is, you know, overdone and 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 i mean you're not breaking any new ground and you know you you know the you know the difference between those and it's you know the, the being able to do that subtly but with impact you know it's there's only so many only so many comics that i've read that really do that well but think about like when we were younger and you, you know, like mm-hmm. like you know i mean how many you know it's like Certainly, you look back on some of it now, and it was it was sort of cheesy. But like, sure. you know, it just seemed like they talked more about things happening in the world in some way or another, mm-hmm. and they just sort of dealt with ideas and concepts. And now it's just sort of, I don't know. It, it, I, I just feel like a lot of, of of comics that come out now, especially from Marvel and DC, are just very they're just action movies. They're just you know what I mean. Like they're just so um, uh, blackboard. So Black Widow just had a, yet another Black Widow uh, series has launched. And obviously, you know, there's I think there's a movie that's eventually going to come out in theaters. Yeah, hopefully. Pushed back again. yeah it's everything's been pushed back. Um, but, you know, you're going to see Black Widow comics are going to be out, you know, on stands for a while because of that movie. And it was it was fine. It was a it's it's a it's a good little spy thriller comic that is immediately gratifying and almost immediately forgettable um you know in the world today to be able to have that character and be able to tell a story that has some impact on you know geopolitics that is kind of immediately forgettable is is disappointing for me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, that's what I mean. There's just there there's very little. I mean, as much as like chaos is going on in the world, she's a Russian secret agent in a real world where the Russians are repeatedly interfering in democracies around the world and you're going to tell a little heist story with black <laughs> widow well there wasn't that so what there was a few months back we i i had said sort of the same thing about a book like a book came out and i was like it was about like um cyber security or something or it was something yeah. something to do with privacy or something and i'm like in the world you know in a world where we exist constantly worried about our privacy and security and the best you could come up with a book about that was the same sort of thing i don't even that's how forgettable it was i don't even remember what it was but it was like you know where are the people where people you know where are the writers writing about like 
you know, like something like Julian Assange and 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 a character like that seems like a perfect setup. Snowden. I'm not saying like one way yeah. or the other, but that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Like, make you think one way or the other. Or yeah. Give me a perspective. What do you What do you think one way or the other? Out of the last, you know, twenty years or so, um, you know, Remender has been really good about that. Remender puts a lot or at, at one time yeah. anyway you know he put a lot of of subtext of of you know social what and political whatever and then a lot of times it, w- it wasn't even subtext he was right in your face with it but remender was always very socially conscious in the stuff yeah, that he was true. that he was writing um i don't mean that everything has to be that either like not everything doesn't has have to be, be political it's just like yeah, it just seems like there's so many opportunities to kind of do that. And, and like, but if you're about, writing a book about a fucking secret agent, you know, <laughs> a Russian secret agent, no, you're not going to talk about the greater mysteries of the universe. You know, tell me about you know about you know politicians and and the military being assholes because that's that's those that, or, those or are spy, many, those are spy stories, right? As many like as much talk as there is on like comic book Twitter. Mm-hmm. About like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, diversity issues, gender rights, and and all that stuff. The only stuff you ever see in the comics is never. It, it's it's just sort of like the most bland um, kind of. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like just just the most bland, like propaganda of like. Mm-hmm this character's gay and yay, they're a hero as opposed yeah. to like actually dealing with, with gay issues. Yeah. Or, 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 yeah. or, or just like delving into the complexities of it. Well, and then, and then, you and then you step sometimes on where we, you know, we talked about the Punisher where either, you know, dealing with it and, and shining a light on it, but then with, and I love Garth Ennis, but sometimes with that character like the Punisher, then you just get into rev, you know, you know, revenge porn. You know, it's like you know, yeah, the right. Punisher is going to go and he's going to you know, brutally murder a ring of uh, like sex slave traders. Yeah, but that, know, I mean, it, with that, it's always you know, I thought the the best of it was always showing that there was a price to that. And Frank was willing to pay that price. Yeah. Like it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like whether it was mentally or the fact that Frank has no one in his life or, you know, Frank is a very sort of sad, miserable character. He's not a happy guy doing this. He's doing this because he's driven to do it. And so there's I a, think I, th- I think he does post on next door a lot, though. I think he does. Probably. <laughs> uh, well, I, yeah, that, that that's I mean, the, that's the cost. But you don't see that all the time. I'm reading. Um, no, no, uh, you don't see it all the time. It's a uh, uh, I just got uh punisher punisher soviet is sitting on the 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 bedroom nightstand right now i just kind of dove into that that's a that's a garth ennis return to to punisher so we'll see if it's any meat left on that bone pick has another question for us Mm -hmm. he he wants to know what's the best in your own opinions comic that came out in 2020 i uh this year is so I don't know. What have we really jammed on? Uh, uh, I would. I, I really loved Wonder Woman Dead Earth. 
Yeah, that's probably been my favorite. I need to finish it. I I can't. I got to find the last issue. I, I really liked um, Sentient by TKO. I thought it was really good. Yeah, yeah. That was excellent. Um, I really uh, Immortal Hulk. I've been talking about, mm-hmm. but that came out. I think last year it started. So, um, but I've really enjoyed Immortal Hulk. Um, yeah, Tom King Strange Adventures, but I mean it's not done yet. Right. Um, yeah, that's the. Yeah, it's hard for me because I'll go back and I'll read stuff that's been out for a few years now or stuff that came out last year that's finally in. You know, the trade paperback schedule kind of throws some of that stuff off because it may have been stuff that was printed in 2018, 2019, which is now just getting collected. It's like I'm still waiting on the deluxe, the third deluxe edition of uh, paper. I haven't finished Paper Girls yet. No. still. (laughs) And that I mean, that series finished up. Last year, same thing with East of West. I'm waiting for the the last deluxe edition because that's how I've read those. Um, I wanted to go back uh, when we were talking about comics earlier. Oh, to, yeah. To, go ahead. Today, somebody had posted um, about the comics that came out this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody had posted Savage Dragon. Which, yeah. Funny enough, I have been going back and reading Savage Dragon a little bit. I think um, I read like the first eleven issues. Well, it's weird now because it's, <laughs> it's evolved so far mm-hmm. beyond the yeah. the that. I mean, it's not even it's, it's his, his kid. It's his kid. Yeah, yeah. And but and it's 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 very good. Like it's a very fun action, and and I like it. But it's there's in every issue almost there's like this strange. There's always at least one strange, like overly sexualized scene, like mm-hmm. in like his the 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 dragon. I can't think of the, his character's name, the son, and like his wife, or like some other characters. There's like this weird sort of like sex scene. <laughs> like, well, it, 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 it is a ni- it is a '90s comic. Yeah, it's just odd so, to me. Like it's yeah. just like okay, I really didn't need that. I I really don't need that in there for this con- you know, it's like you have all these weird superheroes running around. Maybe that's like oh, Eric Larson's maybe that's like his um um oh shit, the editor for Marvel uh um in the 80s. Why my my brain is not working today. Was uh, the the edict like every every issue has to read like a first issue? Oh, um uh, uh, uh Bill uh, not Bill Jemis. Uh, we are old. We are old. <laughs> yeah, I don't know his name. Well, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the uh, the Eric Larson edict. So, you know, every issue has to have a sex scene. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think um, I think the 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 Hickman's X Men stuff that came out I thought was really good. As far as like a, a um, you know, a big event stuff, I I hate event comics at this point i'm, I'm shooter jim, god jim shooter jim shooter there you yeah. go Ugh, yeah we met jim shooter yeah we did we yeah. did <laughs> he came by to uh shake hands with uh carmine infantino yeah. at our booth back in new uh, york well, i don't know what's the best the best i don't know yeah whatever what, what was the like? what was the the silent comic um that came out from image that had been a the self-published book I want to say like Umbra, but it's not Umbra. Oh yeah, that well, Umbra? I, yeah. I just got a hard copy of that, and uh, it's awesome. That is one of the most original, like 
yeah, that's one of the best comics that I've seen in a long time. Yeah. As far as just like this is something different in comics. Uh that that book is is something cool. Yeah, and, it's the best single issue of a comic I've read in forever. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a I mean that's a book that's like I think you have to be a real hardcore comic book fan to. Oh yeah, it. you're not giving that to like a 12 year old on the street, right? You know like, what I mean? Hey like, kid, check out comics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's a that's a book that mm-hmm. like you have to understand the medium to really get what yeah. how good it is. Yeah, I, I'd 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 say this is the year that DC Black Label kind of cemented itself as being what I used to feel with Vertigo, where I would say I didn't even have to know what it was to pick it up. It's like, oh, it's a new vertical, new Vertigo title. Yeah, I'll give it. Yeah, I'll try it out. That's how I feel about DC Black Label right now. Yeah, I'm, I agree. I, I really have liked a lot of what they've done. And, and mm-hmm. I love the format. I love the big yeah. format. of Yeah, you know, they don't both. always stick to that. They're kind of. No. But I do. I wish they would. I wish Strange Adventures was in that format. With yes. With those two artists on it. Yes, absolutely. Like that would be awesome. Absolutely. But yeah, they they knew that that would probably was not gonna was not gonna work. It seems like oh, I can't say that. It was like it seems like they keep their their mainstream superheroes um, away from that. But the Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman reads like it's almost like Elseworlds. And I guess that's how some of the, some of the white, the black label stuff. It's like if they, they took the best parts of Vertigo and the best parts of the Elseworlds comics and said, okay, we're going to do something like that. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know what the edict behind it all is, but it, it definitely seems like you can comics. Huh? They're good comics. They're good comics, and that's yeah. all that matters. Like I, you know, yeah. it's like I, I haven't read a Wonder Woman comic in forever mm-hmm. that I gave a shit about. You know what I mean? And it was like that one was that was awesome. That was, a, that was an awesome comic, and the yeah. question one is very good. And the 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 the, the kill the smile killer Joker stuff is excellent mm-hmm. from Jeff Lemire. It's all yeah, it's a great and, place for Azarillo to live in the DC. Yeah, I'd like to see some more Azarillo and uh, Bermejo though. Do something in that would be really cool yeah. big format like that yeah, yeah it's, it's almost tailor-made for for uh uh for azarello it's interesting how lemire is able to bounce back and forth from kind of is there is there a is there a working uh comics writer today that can go from like sickly sweet to really depraved and dark and gritty like lemire does uh i'd say brubaker yeah. Can I, when was Brubaker writing Sickly Sweet? I mean, he's been, it seems like Criminal is really the. Well, I mean, he doesn't really write a <laughs> comic like that, but he can mm-hmm. definitely do that. Yeah. You know I mean, like he has moments mm-hmm. of very sweet, uh, touching things. And then he also has like really dark. Yeah. You know, Jason noir. Aaron's very good at that. Jason Aaron. I mean, they're just good writers, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like those are good writers. They don't, they're not one note sort of, you know, writers. They, they, they can write whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All I right. Am, I'm um, listening to an audiobook. book. Uh, uh, I think it was actually recommended on Twitter by um, Gabe Hardman. Uh, a while back, and I, we like I had old Gabriel. 
Yeah. He always wanted to go by Gabriel. He hates when people call him Gabe. Oh, does he? Yeah. Well, well, Gabriel Hardman. <laughs> um, uh, he uh, he had recommended, I think, a while ago, and I had bought it when he recommended it, but I didn't start listening to it because I had other books sort of I was already listening to. But I started in its um, it's uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Uh, it's called I think it's just called Odyssey, but it's about the sort of working relationship between Stanley Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke oh, on cool. the making of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's 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 a lot of stuff I didn't really know about that, but it was funny. Uh, uh, part of part of uh, I just happened onto a podcast with Matthew Modine. Okay, and he was talking about they were asking him about working with Stanley Kubrick in Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. and uh. There, the, he told a story, or the guy that he was that was interviewing. Joker. I don't remember who mm-hmm. it was, was talking to him. I, I don't remember the podcast, mm-hmm. but they told a story about Stanley Kubrick that you know he was so obsessive and he would collect material on on a film for you know a decade before he, he maybe never even make the film, and he had archives. And, and there's a great documentary, I think it's on Netflix, about the guy that he worked with that basically worked for that was his assistant. Yeah. And like, you know, just he took care of like Stanley's archive of stuff. And like there are literally like boxes and boxes and boxes of research material on all of his films and and stuff that he never made and all sorts of stuff. But one of the interesting things was he and I didn't know this. He did not allow anything that was filmed to exist after the film was completed. So bloopers, outtakes, second takes. If it was on the cutting room floor, it was gone. Destroyed it though. And really, this guy is telling a story about he's going through Stanley's archive. This is when he's still alive, and he's going through his archive, and he comes across a box marked. um, uh, Oh shit! What's the uh, what's the war movie? Uh, Oh, the one. Uh, God, dang, you're gonna how he, how he stopped worrying and learned to love the bomb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange Love. Oh, it's okay. Mark, it's Mark Doctor Strange Love, pie scene or pie fight, and he opens it up and it's this film footage of a pie fight that they had fought. They he filmed in the war room. So like, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Scott and uh, uh, and and all the 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 they have this whole pie fight scene and mm-hmm. he filmed it and they didn't use it and but it's still in this box and so he he goes and he tells Stanley hey I came across this box marked pie fight <laughs> and Stanley goes okay um go get it and meet me in the garden and so oh, to, to destroy <laughs> he has a fucking barrel burning and he's just sat there and like smoked a cigar and watched this film burn and it's just like, oh Jesus Christ! I because never should have told him. Yeah, yeah, you know. And it, yeah. But that was what he was. You know, it's like, no, yeah. the film is the film. That's all you need. You I can respect that. that. But then Modine tells a story. Mm-hmm. They're filming Full Metal Jacket, and uh, he's talking to him on the phone, and he's like. What do you think? You know, how, how, how do you think it's going? He's like, man, this is an amazing film. Like, it's got everything. 
He's like, the only thing it doesn't have is a love scene. And Kubrick's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it just, I mean, it has everything you could ask for in a movie other than it doesn't have a love scene. He's like, well, what about the scene with the, the you know, the Vietnamese prostitute? It's not a love scene. (laughs) So, like, three months later, he calls Modine back and he's like, okay, we're going to film this love scene. And he's like, what love scene? He's like, what the one you said we needed? So he's like, okay. So they, he says he, he had studied like these French films and he wanted to film it like a French film, the scene, because the French colonized Vietnam. And so there mm-hmm. was French architecture. So he finds this like French architecture, this building and everything. And he films this scene with Matthew Modine and, and this prostitute. I can't remember her name, the actress, but, and he says they're, completely naked and the scene basically pulls in pulls in pulls in. it starts like a huge wide angle shot in the shadows and it pulls in on this french like sort of you know blind dark room with like blinds and it's this beautiful shot and pulls in on them and she's basically uh sitting on top of he's laying on his chest naked and she's sitting on top of him naked and she's like going you know, she wants more sex. Like she, you know, and she's saying it in that broken or broken English, like more boom, boom, that kind of thing. And his character lights two cigarettes. And he says this line, that's sort of a takeoff of another French film where it's like the, the original line is something like darling. We have the stars. Don't ask for the moon Two. Okay. And hands are sick. So he does the same thing, but he reverses the line. So he says, Darling, we have, you know, he says it to the moon, moon, don't ask for the stars and gives her the cigarette. And he's like, it's this beautiful scene. It's this brilliant, beautiful scene. And he never used it because at the time when we were filming, it was when AIDS was just coming around and they were very nervous about it. They didn't know much about it and they were afraid. So they had they didn't want her sitting on him nude. So they had like a white washcloth. Mm-hmm. under her ass on top of him and stanley loved the scene but he couldn't get over the fact that this vietnamese prostitute had the sort of kindness to put a washcloth underneath her as she was <laughs> sitting on and, and so he just cut it and then just and and he's like i never yeah. saw the film i never saw the scene we sh- we shot it it was you know and and it I was great, and it just and it cut it, and, and it's gone, and it exist. never, yeah, and it's just like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, but the book, the audio book, sort of gets into a little bit of that. You know, I mean, it gets into it more and more, but like his obsessiveness of research, and I and, went, uh, I went out to uh, L.A. This has been probably I don't know six eight years ago, and uh, LACMA, the L.A. Uh, Modern Art Museum. Um, had a Stanley Kubrick traveling exhibit. I don't know if it went anywhere uh, besides Lackman, but it was a, this huge uh, Kubrick exhibit, and it was amazing. The just artifacts. Yeah, I remember. From, well, I remember it, it when it was there, and I remember you going. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And to bring it back to uh, to comics, I you probably remember this. Uh, the guy who wrote uh, the novel that uh, Full Metal Jacket was. Based on, uh huh, Jason Aaron's uncle. Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. Well, I oh. think that's a perfect way to wrap this one up. Wrap this episode. <laughs> We've been babbling about everything other than comics for two hours. Hey, you—you were like, I didn't read anything this week. I'm just like, yeah, we'll be fine. 
Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I really didn't read much. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. <laughs> the entire time we were talking about how there was nothing, uh, uh, nothing to read this week. Uh, John Suntress was commenting on the feed of of all, all the amazing books that came out this week. And <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm like, get your own podcast, John, if you want to talk about how. Yeah. <laughs> not not in Janesville, Wisconsin, my friend. It was pretty thin. It was pretty pretty thin. So it's uh yeah. I mean that's the, I mean, we'll talk we'll talk about this at some other point. But yeah, it's probably the problem of of not having great comic shops out there. You know, you get spoiled with really good ones like Challengers and Dark Tower and the ones that uh, that we knew in Chicago. But yeah, if you if you don't have a great comic shop, it's hard to hard to know what's coming out unless you. You know, really dig for it. Uh, I do want to mention real quick that uh, uh, our old buddy uh, Andrew Peepoy has uh, a Kickstarter. Uh, you have a Kickstarter stinger all set? Uh, uh, well, I know you want to. I done get them out! It's uh, <laughs> it's the Adventures of Simone and Ajax by Andrew Peepoy. So uh, head on over oh. to Kickstarter and uh, and check that out. Uh, he's uh, putting together a hardcover collection of that. Andrew's a great guy and a great artist, and uh, want to see that. It actually has already been kicked. So uh, uh, nice. Yeah. So go support it some more and get a, a great hardcover there. You're guaranteed that uh, that it will come out. And uh, from last week, uh, Jason Gonzalez and his woman. Mano del Destino, uh, go ahead and check that episode out and that Kickstarter. Uh, it's a great way to uh, to support uh, independent comic book creators as they uh, try and get the good word out about comics and, and out good comic stories. And Neil Johnson has a Kickstarter out. He, he had awesome. posted, uh, I'm trying to find it here. He I put it up earlier, but he had, uh, now I can't find it. Viable Species. Uh, is a Kickstarter by Neil Johnson, it looks like. So that just opened, so go nice. check that out as well. There you go. Uh, Kickstarters, it's it's awesome. The the crowdsourcing of comics, I think, is a, has been an amazing uh, addition to the whole comics landscape. So like to uh, like to support those when we can. All right. Um, you can contact the show by emailing us at uh, info at aroundcomics.com. You can check us out on all your social media outlets like Facebook and Twitter and the Instagrams and uh, TikTok. Are we on TikTok yet? No. No. That's a communist company. I can't. We cannot. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're not on tiktok uh for the people uh for the people listening at home this is also this uh, originates as a video podcast we uh, record almost every sunday at uh, eight o'clock uh, central standard time we're a little early this week because of yom kippur a tone a tone i say sure Okay. Uh, I don't have the kind of time to atone for all my sins. I, just, I know. It's a long list. And for the people that uh, uh, watch this as the video, uh, it's it's available out there in audio. If you uh, can't watch the video and you like to drive around in your car and listen to me and Sal and Tom talk about comic books, and uh, you, you poor, poor, sorry souls. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I uh, One of the comments on the on the chat here, I didn't post earlier, but... He said, "Oh man, it's early, and I might I might have to stick around and not listen to you guys at one point five speed like I usually do." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I do that the exact same thing." It speeds uh, up my drawl. Well, I do that with audiobooks. I do, you know, it's like I listen to them unless it's like, you know, a performance, more of a performance audiobook. Yeah. But it's just like sort of like informational. It's like, oh yeah, I just crank it up to one point five speed, 
and get it done quicker. My daughter kind of taught me that. She would she was listening to uh, books at like two and a half times speed. Oh Jesus! Yeah, and and I'm just like, how do you hear that at all? But she's like, well, I started at like 1.25, and then I got, I, and then it, and then I could move it up faster. And she just kind of built her. She's like the Flash. Yeah, she could just listen to it faster and faster and faster. And yeah, she was listening at like two and a half times the speed. And I would listen to it, like, you know, it was like the Micro Machines guy. Oh, well, you're, could, you're you're a Christopher Moore fan, right? The the novelist. I have not. I don't think I've read any of his work. Oh, they're so funny. You need to read like, uh, yeah, you should uh, Lamb. You should definitely read Lamb. And uh, right now, I'm, those are the audiobooks I'm listening to. He did a, a trilogy of kind of his funny take on some Shakespearean plays. Uh, right now, I'm reading. Uh, it's the, the it's called the Serpent of Venice. So it's the Merchant of Venice, and before that is Fool, which was his version of King Lear, but oh, okay. from the from the perspective of the fool in the court. And then the last one is uh, is a his take on um, uh, Brain No Worky. Ah. Ah, there goes the phone. All right, there goes oh, God. Ah. earthquake. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, we'll talk about it more next week. All right, get so us out of here. Wrap it up. Uh, uh, what? How do we? How do we always end these shows? Well, we'll come back next week to talk about about uh, comics and, and maybe our book of the monthish club and all that. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, <laughs> we'll be everywhere and around, around comics.